26 on my third GQ cover. Your new shit sound like you do covers on all of my old shit. Oh shit, I'm devoted to making sure that shit goes unnoticed. Swear you niggas is hopeless. I should run a clinic for niggas that think they winning on some cold shit. 50 M's for a three month road trip. I see straight through them like. Yo, yo, welcome to Crypto 101. This is Matthew Aaron. And let's think about your favorite song for one minute. What is it? 99 Problems by Jay Z. Man in the Mirror. Michael Jackson, whatever your favorite song is, let's just say you owned a piece of it. What if you can go on to an exchange and buy a piece of your favorite song and own it and take royalties off of the investment into that song? Imagine if you were an artist yourself and you wanted to sell a piece of the IP of your song. That's pretty cool, yeah? And imagine if you were in a club tearing it up on the dance floor, doing your thing, and that song came on that you owned. I'll be spraying bottles of champagne. I don't know about you. The interview we have today is trying to do just that. Steve Stewart of Vest is creating an IP exchange on the blockchain, and I think this is really cool. So coming up is co-founder of Vest, Steve Stewart, to talk about IP exchanges, investing in IP for the music industry, on the blockchain. But first, if you could, please give us some love. Go up to iTunes, rate us, give us some stars, write a comment. It's helping us stay on top of the pack so people can find us and have 101 episodes of what's going on in the crypto world and what's going on in the blockchain. And we really appreciate it. Without further ado, here is Steve Stewart. And remember, all the music for this episode is chosen by Steve. Thank you very much and enjoy. All right. Anyway, Steve, very nice to talk to you. Thanks for calling in and very nice to meet you. Thank you, Matthew. Thanks for having me on the show. I really appreciate it. We're looking forward I to talking. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Hey, Steve, could you do me a favor and just t- give me a quick background, who you are, and what is this company, Vest, that you're working for? Uh, my background's in the music business. I managed a band called Stone Temple Pilots for about 10 years from 1990 to 2000. Wow. Made the first five records with them. Um, brought them basically from a band that was called Mighty Joe Young. We changed the name to Stone Temple Pilots. I signed them, signed them to Atlantic Records in 1992 after shopping them for about a year and a half. Uh, we put our first record out in 92, second record came out in 94, went number one on the Billboard charts in the U.S. Uh, probably one of the biggest alternative rock bands of the 90s from the U.S. And in the interim, I also signed another 20 bands to different major labels, um, pretty much Capitol, Sony, Warner Brothers, uh, every major label, every major publisher. Spent time touring with a lot of big bands. Uh, we opened for the Rolling Stones, toured with Aerosmith, Kiss, a lot of different experiences. And I got into tech after that. Um, I felt like I missed the initial tech dot-com boom in the uh, late 90s and the early 2000s. And uh, met my partner, Robert Menendez, who was a co-founder of a company called Circus mm-hmm. here in Los Angeles. And uh, we started talking about the music business. His background is in finance. Uh, he ran trading desks on Wall Street and hedge funds all, all around the country, and he came at it with a financial background. Mm-hmm. And my background was obviously from the music business, and we started lamenting about 
why music sounded the same, why there wasn't a lot more creative energy on the music scene and, and the problems with the structural parts of the music industry, and came upon an idea for this project and this platform we're calling Vest, V-E-Z-T dot C-O, um, which allows artists to put up pieces of their IP for sale to their fans and other investors. And we thought that there's plenty of action and a lot of attention placed on the distribution side. There's plenty of Spotify's and other types of platforms that are distributing music like, you know, iTunes and Pandora and Rhapsody. But no one was focused on the front end. No one was focused on how to get finances into the hands of the creators, right? How does an artist make a living from doing what they do, make music? And we didn't see any other, any other options. You could have a record deal, which obviously you had to be a very well-known artist or have a big following and spend many, many years um, slogging away and get very lucky. Um, a publisher wouldn't really give you a publishing deal unless you had a catalog of music. So those are the two, busy, uh, two basic banks in the music business. And there was just a big black hole when it came to uh, funding projects and, and putting finances in the artist's hands. And we thought the easiest way was to use the existing IP that artists have because if they're songwriters and they, and they record songs, they can do that all day long. Mm -hmm. And by allowing them to not just put up an entire catalog or an album or even one song, but even a fraction of a song for sale to their fan base and generate income that way would allow them to pay to record other songs, to make videos, to promote themselves, to go on tour, etc. So that's the platform we're creating. It's called Vest. It also allows fans to buy their favorite songs or pieces of their favorite songs. So if you've got an, an artist that you really like or you're following and they put out a song that you like or there's a particular song that's available um, and someone says, look, we're trying to raise $100,000 and a fan says, look, I, I want to put in $100 towards that, you can own a fraction of that song for any amount that you put in, whether it's a dollar or $100,000. Could you break that down a little bit? Because you said uh, something interesting. You said pieces of IP. And then you said you can own, own a piece of a song. Could you just break that down like more, more of like a 101 level? How would you do that and what does that mean? Okay, so a song basically is comprised of three pieces of IP, which is intellectual property. So on one hand, you have the master, which is the actual sound recording itself. Then you have the copyright, and that's broken into two portions. One is called the writer's share, mm -hmm. and one is called the publishing share. Okay. So the writer's share is generally collected by what's called a performing rights organization. And in the U.S., it's ASCAP, BMI. Uh, there's a couple other smaller ones. Um, in the U.K., it's PRS. In Canada, it's SOCAN. There's 140 different performing rights organizations or PROs around the world that collect every time your song is played on the radio, streamed, or played in a live performance area, whether it's a bar or a restaurant or on tour. So those royalty streams come into an artist if they own all their rights, right? So if you recorded a song, you put it out in the public, you would be able to collect money from every country that has a PRO if you register those songs properly. The problem is those PROs don't track music very well. They hold your royalties from eight to 12 months. Um, it, it's, it's kind of a broken system, but that's the system that exists globally right now. So say you're an established artist, say you're a Kanye West, mm -hmm. and you say, look, I've got a song for my third album. I want to put up 10% of that song. I want to raise $100,000, mm -hmm. right? So he does that on our platform. He loads up that he's going to announce what's called an initial song offering, an ISO. Mm -hmm. He picks a time and a date. He says, I'm going to have this come up Monday at noon, I'm going to put up 10% of my song. So that blasts out to his social media base, all of his fans on his social media networks. It blasts out to all of our social media base. And then people that are interested in coming in and owning a piece of that song at that time can come in and put in anywhere, like I said, from a dollar to $100,000. 
and buy if somebody said came in and said ten thousand dollars and bought him out he would have ten thousand dollars in his pocket if someone came in and bought out five thousand dollars and somebody else bought two thousand dollars and ten other people bought a hundred dollars you know he'd have eight thousand dollars in his pocket and he would collect that so the artist sets up the time the artist sets up the amount that they want to sell of the rights that they own and they also set up the amount they're looking to raise so the artist is in complete control there's no charge to the artist to do this um, our platform is basically a marketplace. Mm-hmm. So we put investors, people that want to buy, fans, music professionals, in touch with the artist. And if they're interested in buying that piece of song, of the song rights or the song IP, then they can do that at the point where, that, where it becomes available for sale. All right. So I got two questions that came out of that. Sure. The first question is, when you say buying a piece of song, I think I'm still a little bit confused. Is buying a piece of a song like... I'm buying a share of a company, so it's like the whole company and I own a couple shares, which gives me a, a little bit of a per- percentage, or am I buying actual parts of the song? Am I buying the like piece of the hook or you know the chorus or you know whatever it is? It's so interesting you say that, Matthew. It really because someone someone asked, well, do I get the first thirty seconds or do I get the, the second thirty seconds? Um, <laughs> you're actually buying a piece of the underlying IP, so. If it was a Kanye song and he was putting up 10% of his songwriter share, you're buying 10% of the whole song. So okay. if if you owned 100%, you would get all the money that was earned from the songwriter share. Okay. It, or, or actually 100% of all of it, you get all the money that's earned. But if he's putting up 10%, he's going to collect 90% and you're going to collect 10%. I see, I see. I see. So it is it is like a, a system of buying shares in a company. Yes. It is. And you're actually you're actually buying an ownership in that song. So okay. it, and we're seeing that a lot with producers and co-writers. And I call them the unsung heroes of, of songwriting because most artists have a team behind them. They have a producer. They have a couple of writers. They have a lyricist. They have a guy that does beats. They have a drummer, whatever. There's other people that contribute to that music. They're not as famous. Right. A co-writer or a producer or a bass player or a drummer, anybody that has a piece of ownership in that song, they can put it up for sale on our platform mm-hmm. and they can collect the money that they earn from that directly. So if it's a drummer and he owns 5% on the song, he wants to put up 2% on vest and he gets $10,000 for the 2%. That's his money. You can take the 2%, sell it for $10,000. He gets the cash. The person that buys it or the people that buy it for 2%, they collect every time that song earns royalties. That's effing cool, man. That's really cool. Thank you. We call it micro publishing. It's like a crowdfunded micro publishing deal. Uh-huh. So you let your fans buy the rights in a slice of the song that you want to sell. That's really interesting. First, first I want to say, uh, Stone Temple Pilots, fucking rock, man. <laughs> it really they killed do. it. They did, and they do. They, uh, they're one of the greatest rock bands of the '90s for sure. For sure, and I'm a, I'm a '90s uh, teenager, so it was it was classic. <laughs> this is where did you where did you grow up, Matthew? Where were you? What, what part Cleveland. of the world? Cleveland, Ohio. Wow. Yes. Scott was from uh, Shaker Heights, right outside of Cleveland. And, oh, really? Uh, Ohio is a great rock and roll state. I mean, you got Akron, you got Canton, you got Cleveland, you got Cincy. I mean, there's a lot of places to play rock and roll in Ohio. So, hats off. We love Ohio. Right on, right on. You're gonna you're giving gonna get some good uh, Cleveland fans right now for Vest right there. <laughs> Hello, Cleveland. <laughs> so I, I want to go back to the to the IP conversation. Buying pieces of the song, amazing original idea. How does that work in the blockchain? So blockchain we're using as a ledger, right? So there has to be some kind of accounting system that accounts for who's buying it, how much they're buying of it, and then how they get paid. Right, so Vest, our platform, will hold, hold accounts for everybody. So if, say, 100 people buy into a song, we have accounts for each one of those 100 people. 
Um, the artist will sign what's called a letter of direction, which is a, a legal document that they sign if they sell, say, 10% of their song. Uh, that will allow Vest to collect that 10% on behalf of the investors. So that letter goes to the PRO or goes to the publishing company, depending on which rights are put up for sale. Um, and then as soon as the publishing company gets that letter, any of those rights that are starting to be earned on that 10% come through to us, and then we put those rights back into the accounts or that, those royalties into the accounts of the investors. But internally, we use blockchain as that accounting ledger. So if there's, again, 100 people that come on, we need to know who they are, what their accounts are, how much they put up, and what rights they have, and what percentage of the song they own. So blockchain will carry that uh, in a secure manner. Um, it allows us to, to use what's called the VEST token, the VZT token, as a utility token. And that token is what operates on the blockchain and keeps that uh, accounting straight for each investor. So we're talking about uh, people incentivizing themselves in uh, music, being able to share part of their IP. If I'm the drummer, if I'm the you know the main artist, the singer, whatever, I'm a able to sell pieces of my intellectual property. What is wrong with the current system today that this might be very tasty for these artists? So there's two things. One, there is no current marketplace to sell those rights, right? If I'm the drummer and I have 5% of a song, where do I sell that, right? I guess I can go on eBay or Spotify. Well, you can't Spotify, uh, SoundCloud. I don't, know, I don't know where you would sell. There's really right. no place to have that transaction take place. So what we want to do is become like the eBay of IP, right? So we're the trusted platform where you can transact those sales. So and that's why we always thought, you know, well, maybe an artist can do this on their own. Of course, you could sell your own car, you could sell your own lamp, but eBay is a marketplace. eBay is a place where people go to look for cars and lamps and they handle the transaction seamlessly. Like you can almost be assured that, oh, that guy has a lamp, he's taken five pictures of it, uh, I'm gonna put my money up and he's gonna deliver the product. So what we're trying to become is the secure, trusted, transactional platform for the transfer and sale of IP. So one, there's no, there's, no, there's no way for that person to do that right now. Two, we wanna make it easy and seamless. So how does that guy publicize it? Does he hit his fan base? Does he have to go to social media? Is there a structure? And we wanna provide a structure that makes it very easy for whoever is selling their rights to put them up to the public on a mass scale. So hopefully we have millions of, of users and hundreds of thousands of songs and that provides a marketplace where people are looking to buy song IP. They're not coming here to buy a car, they're not coming here to buy a piece of furniture. They're coming here to find songs that they love that they think have value or have an emotional meaning for them, and they want to buy into them. So it's a marketplace for song IP. And eventually, we're going to expand into you know, books, into TV, into film, anything with a copyright or a royalty stream attached to it, because we like the IP business. We think that's where the real value is in many of these art forms. Um, it's not so much I downloaded or I bought a CD or I'm looking at or listening to something, but I own a piece of the underlying rights. Right. That's powerful. Right. And as a, as a podcaster, as a writer, as someone who creates content, you understand the value of that. The right. other thing we're offering to, to these, these content creators is reversions, right? So you don't have to sell it forever. You can sell it for three years, five years, seven years, 10 years. Mm. You can pick when those rights come back to you. So obviously a song that comes back in three years is going to be worth less than the song that is sold in perpetuity. I'm sure there's a lot of people that are creating beats or just tracks that want to sell them for 500 bucks all in, 100% done, and some kid's probably selling 10 of those a month. He's making $5,000 a month. He's, he's happy. He doesn't, he doesn't worry about it. He just pulls out his Ableton or his Launchpad and cranks out another song or two, and he sells one or two a day. He's happy. Right. On the other hand, there's very established artists that are very precious with their IP.
This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. They're copyrighted and they earn a very good income from it, but maybe they can't tour anymore. Maybe they're too old. Maybe someone in their band has died. Maybe they can't get another record deal. So they've got a good income, but it's flat. It doesn't increase. It just sits there and they're like, wow, I, I could use another $100,000, but I have no way to, to, to go to anybody to get that money. I can go to the bank or maybe get a loan at 15%, but that's not really a good financial decision. On the other hand, I've got five records. Maybe I can go to the third song on the fourth record and say, I want to raise $100,000 from my fans out there who I still have. And you raise $100,000 and you put the money in your pocket. And you can either support yourself or make some more music or make a video. And then maybe those rights revert in three years and they go back and you can sell them again. And we also envision a secondary market. So if you buy a song and the song starts to do very well, somebody else might come up to you and say, Matthew, I know you bought 10% of that song. Would you like to sell me 5% for X? Right. So if you own the rights, there's no reason that you can't turn around and sell those rights mm. at a profit. So our hope is just to develop, you know, a marketplace for IP where it's, it's sold back and forth. It becomes more valuable. I think all of us agree that master recordings in the music business have been devalued by the likes of Apple and Spotify, where, you know, you're making hundreds or thousands of a penny on a stream. Right. But that may not be the real value. Right. The real value is what fans are willing to pay for. I have three questions now about this. <laughs> you, you, just, you just unloaded a lot. All right, so the first question is, is, is this going to be like a trading platform than like Bittrex if you have that secondary market where you're going to see the prices of these IPs go up and down? And That's really interesting. Uh, we envision a secondary market. And again, anybody that owns rights should be able to sell them. So if you buy rights on our platform, you are able to turn around and resell them. Um, we're not making any promises as far as what the value is going to be. Right, of course. Um, it's, it, it's hard to say that, and that's speculative. But anybody that has rights to something or an ownership of something has the right to sell it. So we envision, yes, an active trading platform at some point where many people own many IP rights and songs, and they wish to sell in or out of them at any time. And again, we're just a transactional platform that allows that. Right on. So, so, and they're going to be using the VEST token to do these transactions. Correct. So what we're doing um, is we're going to allow people that use the VEST token to do it for free, right? We want to, we're not going to limit uh, it to, to non-VEST tokens. If you want to buy in with U.S. dollars, you want to buy in with French francs or Japanese yen, you can do that. We will do the conversion. We'll handle the transaction for you, and we'll charge you a 5% fee for money coming in and 5% on royalties that are coming out. So that's our financial model. But we do want to encourage people to use the best token. It is a utility token. It is being used to actually track the rights ownership. So to incentivize people to keep their funds invest in the VZT token, we're doing that at no cost.
it's, it's just like if Amazon started out with only Amazon gift cards, they weren't accepting U.S. dollars, right. they probably wouldn't be Amazon. It'd be like, well, you know, I don't know who you are. I'm not sure what Amazon does. Why would I want to buy your $25 gift card and only use that? Right. So they were smart. They allowed U.S. dollars, and now they have gift cards. And at some point, we think that if we become the place to go for IP, um, people will want to transact in Best Tokens, and that will help bring our Best Token value up and maintain it over a long period of time. How does the user interact with this? For example, I'm a, I'm a Spotify subscriber, and I pay sure. – I don't even know how much I pay a month, but I pay whatever I do a month. And I have access to all of this music. I, I get to you know, explore these different artists, these different playlists. People are you know, always put, putting stuff on. How does the user interact with this, and how does that affect the IP? And so we love to partner with someone like Spotify or YouTube. We think that um, investing in your playlist is, is a very powerful thing. And if there was a button that said, I want to invest in this song – versus just download it or versus just stream it, um, you could actually come right to our site and our, our app and be able to buy a piece of the song if it was available. Oh, we wow. also envision sharing playlists that people have invested in. So if you're an investor and you have pieces of, say, 100 songs, we want to let you share that with your friends and family and your social media networks, right? So if I think Matthew's got a great ear and I love the music that you've bought into, I might want to follow it because I think mm. maybe you're increasing the value or say it's a Rick Rubin or it's a... Uh, you know, a, a Jay-Z, someone that's got a big following in the music community, um, we envision there will be Warren Buffett's of music, right? Mm -hmm. There are plenty of people that look at what Warren Buffett invests in and just follow him because they know if he buys into a certain company, the value of that company is likely to go up. It doesn't right. always go up and it's not promised to go up, but he's a pretty savvy guy when it comes to stocks. We think Rick Rubin's a pretty savvy guy and Jay-Z is probably a pretty savvy guy when it comes to music. And if those guys are investing in certain artists and certain songs, you, as a general public person, might want to follow them because they might have uses for those things. We also think that maybe 20% of our investor base is going to be music professionals, guys that are music supervisors, soundtrack supervisors, brands, companies, and, and people that can put music into places where it earns more money. If it goes into a Pepsi commercial, if it goes into a movie, if it goes into a TV commercial, those are things that will increase the value of that song. And we think many of our users will be people that are able to move the market and make those choices and push songs that they have a vested interest in. Okay. The other thing that's different here is, you know, instead of just a like or a thumbs up, these are people that are putting their dollars behind you. So it's not just, oh, I liked you on Facebook or I gave you a play on YouTube. I put some money behind that song. I'm going to tell my friends. If I have a choice between promoting a song at my party that I own a piece of or a song right. that I own nothing of, I'm going to play the songs that I own. Because every play that I make increases the value of that song incrementally, right? And, and one of the things that was magic for me was with STP, for example. The first time we heard sex type thing on the radio, it was a big deal. I was driving in my car. I remember I pulled over and called the band and said, guys, songs on the radio. We're all making money, <laughs> right? We all participated in that income stream. And every time that song was played, we would make a small bit of, of, of money. And that's the same kind of feeling that we envision people on our platform will have. If you own you know, one-tenth or one-one-hundredth of a song and you hear it at the club or you hear it coming out of a bar, you hear it in your car on the radio or you stream it on Spotify, you're making a small increment of money every time that song is played. That must have been just a crazy experience to be driving down the street and hear the song on the radio. 
It is. I'll tell you a couple. The, the other one was you go into a strip club and a stripper is stripping to your song. That's <laughs> that was that we said. That's when you know you've made it in rock and roll. Is when 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 people <laughs> when dancers are, are using your song to earn thousands of dollars in cash for themselves every night. That that was like a big milestone. But that's yeah, that, that's amazing. Good, good, stuff. good stuff. You guys have an upcoming ICO, yes. We do. It's a we did a pre-sale in the U.S., which is for U.S. accredited investors only. That closed about a month ago. Mm-hmm. We raised about three point three five million dollars in that. Uh, we have a public non-U.S. Uh, what we call token generating event that starts at four oh four hundred UTC, November fourth. Okay. Um, so um, that is actually tomorrow. I think yeah, tomorrow UTC is Greenwich. So uh, it's yeah, it starts very late in the day here in Los Angeles, but. Yeah, that is open again to non-U.S. citizens, so everybody outside the U.S. And we have a hard cap at 15 million U.S. dollars that we're raising the equivalent of in our token. Um, 125 million VEST tokens will be issued, and we're getting a lot of attention for it right now. So we appreciate everybody out there listening and checking us out. This podcast is going to have the links in the description, so everybody can go right to it and check out VEST for themselves. Yes, it's www.vezt.co. That's the website. Please join our Telegram, which is the chat channel in there. We're happy to answer any questions. We're happy to connect with you. We have Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and all our socials in that site. You can connect to us through any of those channels. We're happy to help you with any questions or, or issues you may have. Right now, you mind if I just ask you some general questions about the market? Of course. Cool. So you guys got into Vest. You guys got into blockchain. This is going to be an amazing project. What is a company in the crypto space right now besides Vest that you think is going to make a great impact for the future? Interesting. I mean, there's there's a few. Um, I think Salt, I'm sure people may know S-A-L-T, their platform allows people to borrow against their Bitcoin or other cryptocurrency holdings. So okay. they basically are securitizing. Say you have a hundred thousand uh, dollars worth of Bitcoin, you can take a loan of up to a hundred thousand dollars against that securitized holding, which is pretty interesting. So it's almost like a cryptocurrency bank. Mm-hmm. Um, their ICO was very successful. We know some people that were in very early. We thought that was a really interesting project. I mean, there's there's thousands of ICOs now. I think there's twelve hundred tokens. The last time I looked, right? It, some are obviously, you know, the white papers weren't impressive. We couldn't identify the founders. It didn't look like they were building a real product. So, you know, we've done our best to try to be as conservative as possible. We have a hard cap of fifteen million on our raise. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have advisors that are real people that you can Google that are pretty well respected people from both <laughs> tech and ICO and music. We're doing our best to build something that has long term value, both for the company and the token itself. Right. Uh, we think the business model is unique. We think that we'll continue to add songs and artists by the hundreds. Um, we've got way more song content right now than we need. So we're very confident in the model and how it's going to work. It's just a matter of um, getting it funded and getting it rolled out. Who do you think is driving this whole crypto blockchain thing forward the, in, <laughs> in an amazing way? Uh, this guy named Brock Pierce, uh, who is familiar to many people. Um, he lives right here in Venice, and we sat with him few times and bent his ear and got some advice from him. Uh, one of our advisors, a guy named Micah Spruill, who's out of Atlanta, Georgia, mm-hmm. very well-versed in the space, deep relationships with not only the investment community, but the blockchain and, and uh, crypto community. Uh, those are two guys that we we follow and listen to uh, and use as, as advisors. And uh, there's, you know, there's probably a handful of other people that are out there doing the right thing. But I think if you can look at the landscape of ICOs and you start to connect the dots, like you see the same advisors on the same products, projects that do well, that's one right. good sign. As you know, there, you can go down the rabbit hole and spend weeks or months 
reading and learning and watching videos. Um, yes. But you also have to jump in. You know, I, I get this every day. Someone's going, well, I was going to get some Bitcoin, but I'm like, well, you know, if you're not looking for a mutual fund or something that's super secure and you have disposable income that you're looking to invest in a, in a speculative manner, and I'm not saying that's for all ICOs, but just Bitcoin in general, you need to you need to put your toe in the water, right? right. I mean, it's it's a, it's a very nascent space. There are no hard and fast rules. Um, there's no right way to build a company or an ICO in this space. Um, but I think the best way to learn about it is to try something. I mean, find a company that you believe in, find a product that you think is viable and, and is strong and is built right and the team around that is strong. And, you know, take a good look at that. That's as you would with anything, do your due diligence, think about it, but be active in the space. You know, don't just be a spectator. Yeah, it's good advice. Actually, that takes care of my last question is what advice would you have? <laughs> so it's all, it's all done. It's all done. <laughs> just, just one, have some fun with it. Learn about it. It's, it's an opportunity that really, I feel like we're at the beginning of the internet. I mean, I was I'm old enough to know what that was like. It was an exciting time. And to miss that, but to see it again here, because this technology will change the way businesses handle. It will change the way music is created. It will change the way communications are done. Right. It will change the way finance and banking is handled. I mean, this is a very exciting time to be in a very exciting space. Steve, it's been Matthew. amazing talking to you, but I have one more question for you. Sure. And what three songs would you like with this interview? What three songs would I like to hear you play? With, with this interview, I always do a, an intro, a break in the middle, and then an outro for you guys. So <laughs> what, what, what songs are you thinking that you want to hear? have people hear with this interview? Oh, man. Um, there's a song called Jodeci Freestyle by Drake that you could take a look at. All right. Um Wow, what's a what's a good chill song that I really? I mean, I'm a big Steely Dan fan myself, so I would say um, FM. If you want to try a Steely Dan song, all right. And then uh, <laughs> if you want to play a, one of my favorites, a Stone Temple Pilots track. Um, there you go. You can do uh, well. You know, once you roll it out with sex type thing. There you go, brother. It's done. If I can find I love him, it, it's done. Steve. I love it, Matthew. Nice to meet you. Nice to talk to you. And good luck with everything with Vest and the ICO. And man, just kill it, man. Matthew, I really appreciate the opportunity. Props to you. I love what you're doing. I hope your podcast goes through the roof. We'd love to get a copy of it and spread it. And uh, again, any interest, anybody's got questions or wants to learn more about what we're doing, we're at www.vezt.co. And uh, we'd love to stay in touch. Thank you so much for letting us have this opportunity. After your ICO goes and you guys are all, all set, you guys want to come back on, please. I would love to have you. Anytime. Let's do it. All right, brother. You take care. I appreciate it. You too, Matt. All right, bye. Thank you very much for listening to this episode of Crypto 101. You can find us on Twitter, Crypto underscore underscore 101. Crypto underscore 101, that's our Instagram you can also find us on Facebook and SoundCloud and WordPress and Tumblr at Crypto 101. You can email me at Matthew at Crypto101podcast.com. That's Matthew at Crypto101podcast.com. I did change my email, so you guys don't have to look back at the old episodes and go, did I hear that right? I changed my email. We're going a, a, little, more, a little more formal. And the blockchain space is growing dramatically. So we welcome you to send us an email and join the Crypto 101 team 
Send us an email. Let us know what you like to do. If you don't know what you want to do, just uh, let's hop on a Skype call. Let's chat. See what your interests are and see if you can contribute to Crypto 101 in some way. We are looking for anything. So if you're a website designer, an editor, a researcher, a blog writer, a marketer, whatever you are, if you want to join Crypto 101 team, help the brand grow, and let's see what we can do in the future, please come and join the team. Until then, until our next episode, thank you very much for listening. And this is Matthew Aaron with Crypto 101. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.